Welcome and thank you for listening to this message from Legacy Church New Braunfels. To connect with us, go to LegacyNB.com. Now enjoy this message from Pastor Jay Miller. I had a prophetic word uh, I wanted to read real quick. It was when um, talking about prayer. I love, uh, there's an apostle named Ryan Lestrange, um, and he, he's got some language for the kingdom, but he released this word on August the 2nd. I felt it was appropriate. It says this, I hear the engine of awakening revving up. I am restoring the engine. I always intended the engine of the ecclesia to be prayer. I birthed my church in the upper room. A prayer and seeking meeting turned into a glory outpouring. This is the model for local, regional, and national transformation. Ministries are being raised up to serve as hubs of revival, awakening, and transformation in the region. Hello, that's us. A strong prayer movement is the engine that powers the entire operation. There's a new value system being placed upon the new breed. They understand the critical nature of prayer. There's a massive mantle of intimacy and seeking that is being released on a local and regional level. Many regions have not yet been cracked open effectively by apostolic anointing due to the lack of strategic prayer. A new wave of planters is arising who will build new wineskin apostolic bases with strong prayer ministry at the core. It will become the centerpiece for all that is done. There is a return to the core, the essence of New Testament ministry. Strong regional hubs are arising with a breaker anointing to break down the walls that have held back heavenly plans of transformation. Many are being given plans to establish and build an army of prayer. This season will bring a merge between apostolic ministries and prayer. Many prayer ministries have been solely focused on bridal love, but there's a transformational emphasis coming into the houses of prayer. They must shift into a more apostolic paradigm. The sound will change, the flow will change, and the operation will change. Many will be realigned coming under apostolic authority in order to embrace the mandate of transformation. There will be divine merges as existing prayer ministries merge with an apostolic ministry to form an effective hub. For I hear the engine revving up in the Spirit, and the Lord says, I am revving my engine of prayer, refocusing my people, and preparing them for a fresh wave of building in the glory. I want you all to celebrate that, because that's a good word from the Lord. Um, If this is your first time here, welcome. My name is Jay Miller, and I'm the senior leader here at Legacy. And, and, and we certainly are a church, but what I want you to understand is it's more than just being a church building, a church people, a church family. It's actually being an agent of change and transformation within a city and within a region, and that's the mandate that God's given us. And so I just want to point out real quick here on the side, you'll see that we have our vision wall over here. Uh, we are in the process of expansion. Let me hear you say expansion. Um, we've carried words for years that we were supposed to move into a new building, and now we're moving into that process right now. And we want to have you partner with it. Uh, we've been in a series called Prospering Like Jesus in All Things uh, because we felt like the Lord says there was a preparation of the heart and the mindset of our people here that was going to be necessary to come into alignment with what God wants to do. Uh, the fire on the altar is a part of that process. The rummage sale, it's a prophetic act. It's a step saying we're leaving the past behind and we're stepping into a future. And it's not just the bad things that you leave behind, but it's actually taking good things and giving them to other people. It's about being able to release something so you can step into a new thing. And so we know that God is doing something in our city, in our region, and nationally 
Um, but it's time for us to really step into that identity as an apostolic hub, an apostolic revival center where we're going to actually see transformation take place within the house, but so we can train and equip people to be sent into the world to bring transformation. How many people know that Jesus is serious about fulfilling his gospel message? Right? If he wasn't serious about it, then the Father would not have sent the Holy Spirit to indwell you. I want you to understand what he sowed into you is himself, the power of the Spirit. The same Spirit that rose Jesus from the grave is the same Spirit that lives inside of you. Jesus believes in transformation of entire cities, regions, and nations. And it does not matter how difficult it was before when the Holy Spirit begins to move in a city and a region. Now, there's no rival that can contend with the transformation that God wants to bring into a city. And we have many tra- uh, prophetic words that said it would start in Texas and specifically in our region from San Antonio even up to, to the Dallas area, I-35, would become a prophetic picture of what God wants to do across the planet. And so we are stepping into that. Now, just to let you know, September the 10th, I want you to be praying about this. We're going to be on that Sunday. It's going to be a giving Sunday. It's going to be the moment where we felt like the Lord said, hey, we could have done this three months ago, but the Lord said, no, I want you to wait, begin to prepare, and then on September 10th, call the forth the people. It's just like in Exodus, whenever they were going to build the tabernacle, Moses began to call the people to bring forward the gifts. And they got this point when all of a sudden he said, the Lord says, okay, it's time to tell the people they've given more than enough. We have all that we need. This is the moment that we're going to be moving into. It's the same thing when David began to bring in stuff from the treasury into the place to build the temple that Solomon would actually complete. That's what we're entering into. That's going to happen on September 10th. But what you can do right now, because many of you have already asked us, is if you've already been spending time with the Lord and you know what He's calling you to step into, we have about $180,000 in engineering fees that we're going to have to uh, do immediately so we can get the ball rolling. Because if, if you understand the construction business, um, once you have construction-ready plans, you're talking about a four- to six-month process to break ground. And we're ready to break ground as soon as we get into the new year, as close as we can into the new year. That means we've got to step into it. So one of our elders, Brian, and I met this week uh, with, uh, with our designer and, and architect to, to start looking at what do we need to do and we're going to be engaging our civil engineer this, this coming weeks. So we're putting the first set of money down towards moving forward into the engineering. We have that. But we need to be able to raise immediately that 180000 that's going to allow us to do the fullness of what we need and then continue from that process. Just, just hear me and understand. The initial project's going to be starting around 8 to $9 million, and then we're looking for $20 million that's going to allow us to take over that entire uh, the, the acreage around us and building the fullness of phase two, phase three of what we're going to have as a kingdom resource center in the city. Okay, And so we're taking these next steps. So if you've got, you know the Lord's put on your heart, you can give today, go online, do it. Or if you want to write a check, you can put on there expansion in your in the memo line saying, I'm part of this expansion. I want to see what God's going to do and I'm going to sow into this. You can do that. I want to encourage you, that's above and beyond tithe and offerings. This is you partnering with the Lord to sow into what God's doing. Amen? Okay, so make sure you, you take advantage of that uh, today, and then we're, I'm excited what God's got going. So if you have your Bibles with you, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. As I mentioned, we've been in this series called uh, Prosper in All Things Like Jesus. And, and so... Jesus brought you into a gospel that was designed to prosper you, not to harm you. 
kind of sounds like a verse. Jeremiah 29.11 For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Let me hear you say, declares the Lord. It's time we stop worrying about the plans of the enemy and we start getting to the declaration of the Lord which says, here's the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you. Let me hear you say, prosper me. Plans not to harm me, but to give me a hope in the future. So we're moving into this. He wants to prosper His people in all things. That means health. That means mental and emotional health. That means as your soul prospers. That means your finances. That means your relationships. That means your children. That means when you go to work. That means when you go out to the grocery store. In all your ways. Let me hear you say, all my ways. He's wanting to prosper me. There is an idea that moved into the church a while back that was a poverty mindset that, that elevated up this idea that to be poor was actually more spiritual. And where it came from is actually going to come from a part of a verse we're going to read today, is certainly if you put your trust in human riches, if you put your trust in the wealth of the world, you're actually going, it's a deceitful thing, it's a deception. Your, your, your success, your prospering cannot come from anything or anyone outside of Jesus. And when we put our trust in riches of the world or even in your capacity to work really hard and steward money, you've actually moved into deception. And because of that, another deception grew up that says, oh, we need to be afraid of talking about prosperity. There's another thing that took place is within the church because the sign, if, okay, let me, let's take a step back. If poorness is not a sign of spiritual wealth or health, Neither is how much money you've got in your bank account. And so they're risen up. Oh, well, if you've got a million bucks, you must be more spiritual. If you've got a lot of resources, you must be spiritual. That's a lie too. That's a deception. That's putting your trust in things outside of who Jesus is. Now, hear this. When you put your trust fully in Jesus... Matthew 6.33, you seek first the King and His kingdom and His righteousness. What does it say? All these things will be added to you. All these. That's prospering. So when we, make, when we make the first thing the first thing, there is an addition. There's a prospering that takes place. And so it's really important for us to begin to shed poverty thinking. Shed that, that, that orphan mindset and start stepping into, the Lord's called us to transform the world. I just want to remind us real quick, uh, Jesus' first birthday gift was what? Frankincense, gold, and myrrh. Probably two to three million dollars worth. That's a biblical, by the way. If you go back and say, what was brought, if you converted it to today's dollars, it was probably two to three million dollars. That was his first birthday present. What was it? The, the father says, you might be born in a manger because you need to come among the common people, right? Because you have to become just like humanity. However, I'm going to prosper you in all that you do. He pre-funded Jesus' earthly ministry as a baby. He didn't move into that until he was 30 years old. But the point of the matter is, is Jesus was not poor. He just chose not to let riches define who he was. Do you hear what I'm saying? He chose not to let riches define how he would relate to the people of the world. He actually he set that aside. He laid his divinity aside to become human flesh just like us. Which tells us this. We get our identity from the Father but we're called to be relatable to the world. 
because we're getting our identity from Him, we don't need anything from the world. We have everything from the Father who loves us. So that what? Freely we receive. Freely what? Now we can give. The point of prosperity is actually to bring transformation that actually would be a level of giving the generosity of the Lord into the earth. And so he's moving us into this level of prosperity. So I just want to read through this in Matthew chapter 13. How do we prosper in all things as Jesus? Today I want to talk to you about seed. I want to talk to you about soil. And I want to talk to you about what it looks like to move into abundance. So in Matthew 13, we're first going to start in verse 10. If you're there, say I am. Here's what it says. And the disciples came up and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? Listen to Jesus' answer. To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not yet been granted. Now look at me. I want you to understand. If you are a son or a daughter of Jesus, say I am. If you've been born again, say I have. Then this verse is for you. We need to move beyond our lack of understanding into the place of understanding that Jesus is dividing us into. How did that come about? When they first heard the parable, the disciples did not understand what Jesus was saying. But because they had intimate relationship with Jesus, they went into that place of intimacy and says, we want to understand. And Jesus goes, those who don't have this as we do, they can't understand it because it requires intimacy. To understand a kingdom is to understand intimacy and relationship with the king. So what he's saying is the masses who had not yet been moved into that place of intimacy with him, he's not saying they can't understand. It's not available to them. What he's saying is that availability only comes through intimacy. You'll only understand if you know the heart of God. Because there's plenty of religious people who understand the principles of God, yet have no intimacy with Him, and therefore it becomes this religious beat people over the head. It's a very ugly thing. It's very disgusting. And so Jesus is saying this, you can't actually understand the riches of my kingdom unless you understand the richness of my Father's heart. So what's the invitation? Intimacy. To move into prosperity, you must move into intimacy. Let me read that verse again. To you it's been granted... I need to break something real quick. In this room right now, if you ever have had a thought, I can't possibly understand God and His kingdom. If that's you, I want you to be a bold step. Would you raise your hand? I've had that point in my life. It's okay. So here's what we're going to do. I want you to break that lie. I repent. Repeat after me. I repent of thinking that it's not available to me. But I'm born again. I'm born again. I'm intimate with Him. And it's been granted to me to understand the mysteries of God. So now you know that. Why don't you celebrate that real quick? Come on. <laughs> to you it's been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it's not been granted. Verse 12. For whoever has, to him more shall be given, and he will have an abundance. Whoever has to him, more shall be given, and he will have an abundance. This is not talking about money. But it can apply to money if you move into the base understanding, the foundation. 
Why the Kingdom Foundations, ladies? Why do you need to move into that empowerment group? Because you need to lay a foundation of the Kingdom on, uh, inside of you so He can add things on top of you. Do you hear what I'm saying? If you have an understanding of the Kingdom, then you can handle wealth because wealth won't handle you. Hello? I'm going to say that again because that was good. If you have a foundation of the Kingdom within you, Come on, you can handle wealth. Wealth won't handle you. But if you don't understand the King and His kingdom, wealth will always manage you. And it will move you into a mindset that is non-kingdom and it will destroy you. Ha. But this is talking about specifically the revelation of the message of the kingdom of heaven. So if you already, listen to this, if you already have a revelation of the kingdom, rejoice in that, but more is coming. Let me hear you say, more is coming. See, when you stop being teachable, the more stops coming. And you actually cap yourself off and turn yourself into a religious Pharisee. And you'll never give away what you got. Because you think that's all there is. How many people know you can't outgive God? Yeah. See, whenever you get this revelation from God and it begins to move and you celebrate this and go, this is an amazing understanding. I want to give this revelation away. I want to give this understanding away. And he goes, ah, now you're moving into abundance. Now you can handle more because you know it's not just for you. It is for you, but it's not just for you. It's meant to transform the world. But look what it says on the next part. How many people know the kingdom's not fair? It's just, it's not always fair. Whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. Which means this, if you don't have a revelation to the kingdom, whatever you thought you had that was sustaining you for life is actually good, just, it's just an illusion. If you've ever, if you've ever seen a, a, a mirage in the desert place, I mean, people have been driving on a hot, this will be an easy revelation here for you guys, you've been driving on a Texas highway and it's hot as it's been hot, and down the road you see like that, the heat kind of coming off and you say, it looks like there's trees or it looks like something's there, and all of a sudden you drive up on top of it and it's not there. It's a mirage. In the same way saying this, whatever you've lifted up to become the kingdom in your life is only a mirage. And what you have even in that that you thought was going to sustain you will actually evaporate the closer you get to it. That's good news actually. You know why? Because then it opens you up to say, oh my gosh, what I put my trust in is not actually there. Now I'm ready and receptive for the kingdom of heaven. What's the world going through right now? They're dealing with a mirage, deception. Men can become women, women can become men, right? Sexuality, riches, what is evil is called good, what's good is called evil. At some point, that mirage is going to evaporate for some. And others will maintain in that. But we're people of the kingdom, we get to move into the more. Look what it says, verse 13. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because while seeing they do not see, while hearing they do not hear, nor they do understand. In their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled, which says, You shall keep on listening, but shall not understand. You shall keep on looking, but not perceive. For the heart of the people has become dull. With their ears they scarcely hear, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their heart, and return, and I would what? Heal them. Cure them. See, God's not wanting people to miss it. 
one of my favorite verses says this, God is not moving slow as some consider slowness because he's patient. He doesn't wish that anyone should perish, but all should come to eternal life. Let me tell you what, there's going to be a point where there will be a turning point and those will be judged. And so we need to understand we're moving into this place. He wants to heal people. So if you've never understood God before, I want you to say this. If you open up your eyes and your heart to receive the kingdom, he'll actually open your eyes and heal them. Look what it says, verse 16. Blessed are your eyes because they see, your ears because they hear. For truly I say to you that many, many prophets and righteous people it long to see what you see and did not see it, to hear what you hear and did not hear it. One of the keys to expansion is this, recognizing you have something in your hands. You have something available to you, and it's time to rejoice in it. And there's, you have something that David didn't have. You have something that Adam didn't have after the fall. You have something that Moses didn't have. You have something that Abraham didn't have. You have the resurrected Jesus living inside of you. You have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. They longed. They were righteous people. They had an opportunity. They walked in prosperity. They walked in blessing of the Lord. And yet, they knew there was a more that was coming. And they didn't get to see it while their time on earth. But now they get to see it from heaven's perspective. But they're part of the great cloud of witnesses. They're going, yes! This is what I prayed for! Yes! I think if they could walk in the room right now, they would go, do you not get what you have your hands on? Do you not perceive the greatness of God right now? Do you not understand you have an opportunity to move into fullness? But I think we do. I listened to y'all worship earlier. I think y'all do see. I think you do hear. And I think you do have a level of understanding. It's time for us to expand our scene. It's time for us to expand our hearing. It's time for us to expand our understanding of the goodness of God. Amen? Now let's go back to verse 1. I, I told you this, this is an explanation of the parables. We, we need to understand why kingdom foundations. We need to, we need to understand as we dive into what's available to us. Because we're going, when we read this parable, it'll be really easy to assign when you hear a negative thing to say, yep, well that's the way it's always going to be. Rather than seeing it, this is the Lord saying, this is how some people outside of my kingdom, what happens to them, but this is not where I want to leave them. I want to move them into abundance. So if you find yourself having been one of the people in this group that's mentioned as we read through this, I want you to know there's hope. It's easy today to actually be transformed, to renew your mind and to step into prosperity that will move you into a 30, 60, 100-fold return on the understanding of the kingdom. So let's start right in verse 1. On that day, Jesus had gone out to the house, out of the house and was sitting by the sea, and a large crowd gathered to him. So he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd was standing on the beach. See, Jesus is not, a, is not opposed to large crowds. What's this? Get over this thing. Verse 3. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Behold, the sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate them up. Others fell in the rocky places where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up immediately, but because they had no depth of soil. Uh, after the sun rose, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Others fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them out. Others fell in the good soil and yielded a crop, some a hundred, some sixty, some thirty times as much. 
The one who has ears, let him hear. Now, he's not talking to those who had no ability to hear. He's talking about the spiritual understanding that's going to come with this thing. Now, let's skip over to, remember, I just, I just read for you verses 10 through 17 that talked about why does he use parables? Because it's an invitation to intimacy to move into abundance. Let me hear you say intimacy moves into abundance. If you're intimate with Jesus, you will never become poor. Just kind of let the hang. It's kind of like when you shoot the shot and just... <laughs> Intimacy leads to abundance. And when you're intimate, you'll never be poor. It says nothing about your bank account, but it says everything about your heart account. But it will help your heart account when you have more in your bank account. Okay? Well, I think we're there. Okay. Verse 18. Listen to the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is the one sown with seed beside the road. Let me hear you say, beside the road. Here's what we need to know about beside the road. There's no understanding. When we don't understand something, we tend to ignore it or swipe it away. In an age of Snapchat and Instagram and the swiping all the time, stuff like this, if it doesn't hold our attention or we don't have an understanding, what do we do? We just swipe it to the left, right? Or, or we swipe it up. We're, get, we're moving on to the next thing. And what the Lord is saying this is the Lord is intentionally going to sow seed that's not directly in front of you. He's going to put it on the side of the path to see if you're actually looking for something. Because right in front of you, you know what you're looking for. You're just kind of moving down that path. He wants you to say, I need you to pick your eyes up and look beyond your understanding. Seeds sown on the path in front of you, many times are things you already understand. But we're looking for more. We're looking for abundance. We're looking for understanding outside of our narrow path. Now let me say this real quick because I can hear the religious person say, yeah, but Jesus says straight and narrow path. I'm the only way to the Father. Yes, we're not talking about many ways to get to the Father, but what we are saying is this. There are many ways to actually think and comprehend about who the Lord is. And He wants to expand your understanding so that as you approach Jesus, as you approach the Father, your expansion of understanding actually increases. And so look what happens here. If you're not looking to the left or the right, the enemy comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. So what's the understanding is, again, he's talking about Seeds that are actually sown in your heart, but if you're not opening your heart to look beyond the understanding of your own heart, you'll never see the understanding of his heart. Does that make sense? I have to repent. Romans 12.2. What do we do? I actually am transformed by the renewing of my mind so that I might know the perfect and pleasing will of the Father, which means I might not always know the perfect and pleasing will of the Father, which means I need to look beyond my understanding and think with God to see His understanding. You hear what I'm saying? I don't know if that's just like you're contemplating or it just went... Whew. This is the one sown with the seed beside the road. So what's the key to this? Press in. Press into Intimacy. Press into what you don't understand. The goal in understanding, to keep reading the Word of God, keep praying, keep getting into a place of worship, and get into relationship. Why do you need to be in those small groups? Because you need the revelation that other people carries around you. 
Because I promise you, you're going to be in one of these small groups. You're going through the kingdom foundations. And what's going to happen is this. You're going to be like, something was said, I don't understand it. But the person you've come into relationship with is going, oh, I've got an understanding for that. And now, now that seed that was put on the side of your heart actually moves to the center of your heart. Because you have somebody in relationship that's going to expand your capacity to understand. Do you hear what I'm saying? So get into group, get into relationship, keep pressing in. It takes more than receiving the seed. It requires allowing the seed to develop a root system within you. It takes more than just receiving a seed. It takes allowing a root system to develop within you. And so I want to press on to this thing. Keep pressing into the Lord. Look what it says in verse 20. The one sown with seed on the rocky places. This is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Let me hear you say immediately. You know what this is talking about? This is talking about somebody who's been going about life and is a level of frustration because they have, this is the rocky soil okay, of the heart. And all of a sudden they realize, man, there's a bright speck of light over here. Oh my gosh, there's joy over here. Oh my gosh, there's something better than what I have right now. And it's beyond my understanding. And so they'll receive it immediately and it sprouts up because they're excited about the next thing. It's almost sometimes it could, the kingdom can be like a raccoon that's looking for a shiny object. Has anybody ever hunted for raccoons? And you got a trap and you put it in the ground and you got these spikes that go down into this thing. And they're open just enough for it to get its paw down, but it's too tight for it to pull its hand back out if it grasps the shiny thing. Right? And so with this, sometimes we grasp a hold of something, we begin to pull it up and we feel a little pain. We let go of it and then we don't allow our root to actually develop inside of us. So what do we have to do? We have to step into this place. It's not just about the shiny revelation. I have to receive it with joy, and receiving it with joy means this. I need to deal with what the Word was sent to deal with in the first place. God's going to give you a revelation. Hey, do you have an offense in your heart? Deal with the offense. And you're like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I wanted the joy of the Lord. And he says, yeah, but you can't sustain the joy of the Lord if you sustain offense in your heart. And you're like, I'm going to let that go. I'll leave the joy of the Lord to those other weird people that go laugh and get drunk in the Spirit. And instead, I'm going to hold on to my offense because my offense is more precious to me than the joy of the Lord. This is what this verse is saying. Let me read it again for you, okay? Listen to this. The one sown with seed on the rocky places, this is the one who hears the word, immediately receives it with joy. Yet, he has no firm root in himself, but it is only temporary. And when an affliction or persecution occurs because, let me say because, this is a very big because, a persecution or an affliction happens because of the word, immediately he falls away. And the Lord's going, I want to take you into joy, but I want to deal with offense. I want to take you into joy. I want to take you into abundance, but I need to deal with this mindset that says you're actually an orphan. I want to deal with, I want to give you joy, but I want to deal with this, this hurt or this pain that took place in your past when the evil one actually propagated it against you. And maybe your innocence was robbed, maybe you were abused, or maybe there's something else that took place. You had lack and you never had love. And what I'm saying is this it'd be real easy to keep holding on to that. And he's saying this, but I'm sending you a word that's going to expose the thing that's actually keeping you down in poverty. So it's an invitation to step into intimacy where you let go of the thing that's been holding on to you so you can grab a hold of the treasure of the kingdom 
And as you pull your hand out of that ground, what's going to happen? The things that weren't supposed to be there in the first place are stripped away and now you're left with the treasure of God. But the Word itself will come to you and will expose the condition of your heart, whether it's rocky or it's good soil. Now let me tell you what, this is another reason to get into intimate relationship with other believers. Because other believers are meant to actually be an encouragement to you on your journey. What's going to happen is this. This is what discipleship looks like. You may not have a root of that idea inside of you, but I do. And I can take a part of the root that I have, a breakthrough in letting go of offense, and I can actually, and, and that's moving into forgiveness, I can take this root out and I can actually get it to you and plant it into your heart. So now you not only have the Word of God, now you have a root of somebody else's breakthrough that came from the Word of God. Yeah. Hear what I'm saying? It's not just seed. It's seed that grows. This is going back to dormant seeds that are, t- are supposed to grow up into the fullness of life, but sometimes you need this catalyzation moment whenever you have a root planted inside of you. How many people have seen pictures of a plant growing out of a, a, at a roadway? Or out of, I remember watching this dam, um, I think it was like over in uh, North uh, Eastern Europe, and there's these goats that were jumping up, these mountain goats were jumping on top of this dam, like it was amazing. And what, I'm like, what are they doing? There was these plants that were growing out of the side of the, of, the, of the dam. And they were going up and eating from it. What I'm telling you is the Word of God is more powerful than rocky soil if you let it. And it will actually begin to break up and take what was rocky and turn it into tenderness really quickly. So what do you do? Become teachable. Keith hit it on last week. And it really hammered home with my heart saying this. If I'm in a place where I have a rocky heart, most likely the number one reason I remain in a rocky place is because I'm not teachable. And whenever the Lord says something or somebody else tells me, and I go, get away from me. I shove away. It hurts. I don't want to deal with it. No, I've got my own breakthrough. I push away. And what I'm only actually doing is I'm pushing away my breakthrough. Instead of teach me. Show me, you've got a breakthrough that I don't have. I want to receive that breakthrough. Will you speak into my heart? Will you speak into my life? Because guess what? You're going to do that for someone else later. But if you do not become teachable, you won't actually be able to move into breakthrough. That's a good word right there. The number one reason a heart remains hard is it refuses to let the Lord teach and guide it. So deal with offenses, forgive others, forgive yourself, and let healthy kingdom transplant be a part of the root system inside of you. Let's look at the next verse. I agree. Never mind me, Papa Jack would whistle all the time. Did somebody whistle? Oh, look, yeah. Papa Jack, we'd just be in there and he's, and it was during worship a lot of times. See, that's a good word from, that's a kingdom siding right there. My Papa's happy. Verse 22. Then the one sown with seed among the thorns. Let me hear you say the thorns. This is the one who hears the word, but the anxiety of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. The one sowed was seen among the thorns. This is the one who hears the word, but the anxiety of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word. Let me tell you the root of all anxiety and all deception. God's not enough. What did, what did Satan present Adam and Eve? Did God really say? What was he really saying? 
Is God really enough? Is he enough to be your source? Is he enough to be your provider? Is his glory enough to cover you? Is his peace enough for you? Is his love enough for you? The enemy is always trying to pull you away to look for a source outside of who Jesus is. But what this is saying is this. If you understand that's the, the tactic and the ploy of the enemy, you actually don't have to move into deception. You can actually move into the place of the next verse that we're about to go into. But here's the thing. You first have to repent when you're talking about thorns. It's time to deal with anxiety. Now, let me say this real quick. I need a, I, this is really important. There are natural reasons anxiety will come upon a person. Hormones, uh, diet, health, things like that that are natural, and this is not a spiritual thing. You're not letting the devil get a hold of you to move you into anxiety. That's not what we're talking about. However, if you learn to steward your body and move into it, his peace can actually be greater than the thing you're dealing with. Hear what I'm saying? Okay, so we're not opposed to medicine. We're not opposed to those things. But this is a greater part of, of, of what we're talking about. When we're saying this, is there any area, like did you wake up in the middle of the night and go, am I going to be able to pay that bill this week? And it wasn't just a, I want, you know what, we need to redo our budget. We, we need to do this. You're like, no. My, my heart rate went up. I felt the anxiety came on. My, there's a tightness of my chest. There's a nervousness. There's this, this, this what, what am I going to do? you be racing thoughts. That means now the enemy is actually trying to steal the truth of the Word of God out of your heart. The Lord has actually already sown, I am your provider inside of your heart. The Lord has already sown, I am enough into your heart. And the enemy is trying to come and bring anxiety and a deception that says, and you can find a way through it on your own. And if you partner with that, guess what? The seed of I am enough from God is actually never going to become fruitful inside of your life. And you'll find yourself in these patterns of saying, why does it always feel like I go to church, I worship, I read the Word of God, I even tithe. But it always feels like there's always a shoe about to drop. It feels like there's always something being robbed from me. Maybe it's because you've partnered with something that's outside that God is enough. And you're trying to earn your way into God's enough. Maybe I'll just please him by giving. Maybe I'll just please him by worshiping. Maybe I'll just please him by serving. Maybe I'll just please him. And he's going, that's not the way it works with me. That's not the way it works. You're never going to find I'm enough by making yourself enough. That's a good word. You're never going to find out that he's enough if you make yourself the enough. And that's not just moving this place. It will become a thorn that will choke you out. But here's the beauty. There's a weed killer. It's inside of you. It's the Holy Spirit. It's that moment you realize, wait a minute, this is beyond my ability to understand. The peace of God that is beyond my ability to comprehend will guard what? My heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. I remember turn back to this place and say, I'm already in Jesus. He's in me and I'm in Him. He is enough. I'm going to make it through this. There may need to be wisdom of how do you restructure your finances. There may need to be wisdom of like, hey, I need to, to approach my health and what do I need to change my diet? What do I need? There may be, hey, I've got this disease that came at me and I don't know, it's kind of there. But I'm not going to partner with anxiety. I'm not going to partner with, but God's not enough. I'm going to say, my God is enough. I'm going to move into that place, the testing of Job's heart, which was this. Maybe I can get him to reject that God is enough. And his answer was, even if he slays me, I will still trust in him. That's an old test. That's, that's before even Abraham. 
Do you hear what I'm saying? That is way before the cross. And Job knew how to do it. But God is enough. You can take everything away, devil. But I'm telling you what, right now, my God is enough. And I will not curse him, and I will not move into anxiety. I will not move into deceitful riches. What was taken away? His family, his livestock, his living was all stripped away. Wealth was stripped from Job. And yet, I will still praise him. Because Job understood something in an old, before Jesus context that we're called to live in every single day, which is this, God's always enough. See, Job never moved into deceitful of riches, and what happened? He had more, than, more come back. What was stolen was returned, plus some. He began to move into abundance. More children came, right? More wealth came, more than he had before. And what I'm telling you is right now, it's time for the people of God to understand what you have your hands on. God is moving into prosperity, because look what it says in verse 23. But the one with seed on the good soil... Let me say good soil. I remember a time that I taught this that said this, um, not everybody has good soil. And I realize that's a deception. If you come into agreement with deception, you've made your soil not good soil. But your soil is always good soil because God made you. He does not plant seed into bad soil. The father is a good farmer. Hear me on this. Do you think a, a farmer today would plant seed into soil that he knew was not going to produce anything? So the very fact that he's planted seed in any one of these scenarios inside of you tells you your heart's good soil. Your mind's good soil. He believes that you are, have the capacity for good soil. We just have to deal with the other things that would make us not good soil. Look what it says. The one sowed with seed on the good soil. This is the one who hears the word and understands it. Who indeed bears fruit and produces some 100, some 60, and some 30 times as much. That's prosperity. When it's talking about 30, 60, 100-fold, this is not, 100-fold is not you had two and now you have four. That's not 100-fold. It's exponential growth. If you had 10,000, 100-fold return on 10,000 is a million. It's not 20,000. It's exponential growth growth and so what ends up happening is this if you understand there's always more there's always more there's always more papa jack he was 87 when he passed away and up to the week that he died i remember hearing him say hey i still don't know all there is to know about the kingdom and i'm learning every single day come on that was a man that had already seen a hundredfold return on a lot and he goes and i'm not stopping until i'm there that's going to be my ultimate return. But while I have breath in my lungs, I'm going to continue to press into the hundredfold return. Hundred, what's a hundredfold return on a hundredfold? Exponential growth. Do you understand that you're supposed to be the wisest person in your office because you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you? Do you understand that you're supposed to be the most joyful, happy person in your family because you have the Holy Spirit live inside of you? You understand, you're supposed to be the one that brings breakthrough when you walk in. You must have the most breakthrough because Jesus lives inside of you. He wants to move you. And here's the invitation. Maybe it's not a hundredfold the first time you hear the understanding of the Word of God. But you might start at one, two, three, and move your way up to a hundred. The point is, it's a journey. And the journey is this. I am good soil. He made me in His image. I've been born again. Jesus did not make a mistake. The Father did not forget something when He put me back together as a brand new creation. I'm actually a prosperous being in all that I do. 
My relationships are going to prosper. My finances are going to prosper. Right? My ministry is going to prosper because I'm good soil. And more important than your good soil, his seed is enough. We sing those songs. There's no other name but the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. There's power of Jesus to establish the kingdom inside of your life. It's time for you to say, yes, there's power. I've received the power. I'm going to grow inside of the power. Amen? Why don't you stand up with me? Let's pray. I don't know if I'm going to do it next week, but I may pick apart the next part, weeds among wheat. I think I'm probably going to preach on that next week because it continues on. It's really good. Go ahead and position your heart to receive from the Lord right now. Close your eyes if you need to. More importantly, press into intimacy. Say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying specifically to me today? Just listen to what he says. the sound of my voice right now, maybe you're watching online, you're here present, and you've never been born again. God's never going to make sense if you're not born again. The invitation first is intimacy. The invitation first is be born again, be transformed from the person you were born in this world, separated from God, into the one who is reborn into intimate connection with God as your sole source. So if that's you right now, I just want you in your heart, say right now, I want to be born again, Jesus. I turn from my old ways where it was all about me and all about my ability to be right. But today I understand that you're the righteous one that you died on a cross to pay the penalty that kept me separated from you. That you were risen from the grave, risen from the dead into a brand new resurrected life so that I may be resurrected and become a brand new person. Today, I make you my Lord and my Savior. Yeah. You just filled in the Spirit right now. There may be some in this room right now where you're saying, I'm not all the way there yet, but I'm realizing I've let thorns, I've let anxiety, I've allowed the deception of something outside of God to keep me out of the fruitfulness that He has planned for me. I'll just say this right now. I, I, just, I turn from my ways and I turn back to the Lord. Somebody else, you might say, I've just got a stony heart because something happened in the course of my life that made my heart push away from intimacy. And yet the Lord is knocking on the door of your heart saying, will you just receive the seed of my word? Right now, I just see it in the spirit. I see Jesus reaching into his own heart and plucking out a root from his heart. And he's offering it before you. If that's you right now, you realize I've had a stony heart. But just in your mind's eye, I want you to picture Jesus standing before you. 
And I want you to watch as he reaches into his heart and he pulls out of the chamber of his heart a root of a plant. And he offers it to you and says, if you want it, put this in your heart. That's you right now. Would you just take that from him and then prophetically put it into your heart so now you actually have a root, not just a seed. Jesus, we know that breakthrough is coming because you are the one who brings it. But Lord God, we're looking beyond the breakthrough. You said we're more than conquerors and we're looking for the abundance. Lord, we're looking for the 30, the 60, the 100-fold return. So we partner with your seed now. We receive it. We just declare our hearts are good soil. We declare right now we are teachable. We declare right now we release everybody from any offense we've held against them and we release innocence to them. And we remove into this place right now that says we will continue to be good soil where a great crop is grown from our life to be spread to the people and the world around us. So may your kingdom come, your will be done in our hearts, in our lives, as it is in your heart in heaven right now, Father. And we just come into agreement right now in Jesus' most mighty name and all God's people say. Come on, give a celebration right now. Come on. Thank you so much for joining us as we seek first after God's kingdom and release it to transform lives and cities. If you would like more information about how to grow in the kingdom or connect with Legacy, go to our website, www.legacynb.com.